Good afternoon. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, we are on chapter three of the Secret Seven. So welcome, welcome. <laughs> and chapter three is called The Cross Old Man. Oh dear, that doesn't sound good. So... If you remember from yesterday, they were going to build an army of snowmen after their meeting. So here goes. They didn't build an army, of course. They only had time to build four snowmen. The snow was thick and soft in the field and it was easy to roll it into balls and use them for the snowmen. Scamper had a lovely time helping them all. Janet put the cap on one of the snowmen and Peter put the old coat around his snowy shoulders. They found stones for his eyes and nose and a piece of wood for his mouth. They gave him a stick under his arm. He looked the best of the lot. Oh, I suppose it's time to go home now, said Colin at last. My dinner's at tw half past twelve, worse luck. Oh, we'd better all go home, said Pam. We're all going to have to wash and change our things and put our gloves to dry. Mine are soaking and all oh, my hands are cold. So are mine. I know they'll hurt awfully as soon as they begin to get a bit warm, said Barbara, shaking her wet hands up and down. They're beginning to now. They left the snowman in the snowmen in the field and went out of the nearby gate. Opposite was an old house. It was empty except for one room at the bottom where dirty curtains hung across the window. Who lives there? asked Pam. Only a caretaker, said Janet. He's very old and very deaf and awfully bad-tempered. They hung over the gate and looked at the desolate old house. It's quite big, said Colin. I wonder who it belongs to and why they don't live in it. Isn't the path up to the house lovely and smooth with snow, said Janet. Not even the caretaker has trodden on it. I suppose he uses the back gate. Oh, Scamper, you naughty dog, come back. Scamper had squeezed under the gate and gone bounding up the smooth, snowy path. The marks of his feet were clearly to be seen. He barked joyfully. The curtains at the ground floor window moved and a cross, wrinkled old face looked out. Then the window was thrown open. You get out of here. Take your dogs away. I won't have children or dogs here pestering little varmints. Scamper stood and barked boldly at the old caretaker. He disappeared. Then a door opened at the side of the house and the old man appeared with a big stick. He shook it at the alarmed children. I'll whack your dog till he's black and blue, shouted the man. <gasps> Scamper, Scamper, come here, shouted Peter. But Scamper seemed to have gone completely deaf. The caretaker advanced on him grimly, holding the stick up to hit the spaniel. Peter pushed open the gate and tore up the path to Scamper, afraid he would be hurt. I'll take him, I'll take him, he shouted to the old man. What's that you say, said the cross old fellow, lowering his stick. What do you want to go and send your dog in here for? I didn't. He came in by himself, called Peter, slipping his fingers into Scamper's collar. Speak up! I can't hear you, bellowed the old man. 
as if it was Peter that was deaf and not himself. Peter bellowed back. I didn't send my dog in. All right, all right, don't shout, grumbled the caretaker. Don't you come back here again, that's all, or I'll send the police after you. He disappeared into the side door again. Peter marched Scamper down the drive and out of the gate. What a bad-tempered fellow, he said to the others. He might have hurt Scamper awfully if he'd hit him with that great stick. Janet shut the gate. Now you and Scamper have spoiled the lovely smooth path, she said. Goodness, there's the church clock striking a quarter to one. We'll really have to hurry. We'll let you all know when the next meeting is, shouted Peter as they parted at the corner. And don't forget the password and your badges. They all went home. Jack was the first in because he lived very close. He rushed to the bathroom to wash his hands and then he went to brush his hair. I'd better put my badge away, he thought, and put up his hand to feel for it. But it wasn't there. He frowned and went into the bathroom. He must have dropped it. He couldn't find it anywhere. He must have dropped it in the field when he was making the snowmen with the others. Oh, bother. Mother's away, so she can't make me a new one, he thought, and I'm sure Miss Eli wouldn't. Miss Eli was his sister's governess. She liked Susie, Jack's sister, but she thought Jack was dirty, noisy and (laughs) bad-mannered. He wasn't really, but somehow he never did behave very well with Miss Eli. I'll ask her if she will make me one, he decided. After all, I've been very good the last two days. Uh, Miss Eli might perhaps have said she would make him this his badge if things hadn't suddenly gone wrong at dinner time. I know where you've been this morning, said Susie slyly when the three of them were at the table. Ha ha, you've been to your silly secret society. You think I don't know anything about it. Well, I do. Jack glared at her. Shut up. You ought to know better than to talk about other people's secrets in public. You just hold that horrid, interfering tongue of yours. Don't talk like that, Jack, said Miss Eli at once. What's the password? went on the annoying Susie. I know what the last one was because you wrote it down in your notebook so as not to forget. And I saw it. It was... Jack kicked out hard under the table, meaning to get Susie on the shin. But most unfortunately, Miss Eli's long legs were in the way. Jack's boot hit her hard on the ankle. She gave a loud cry of pain. Oh, my ankle! How dare you, Jack! Leave the table and go without your dinner. I shall not speak another word to you all day long if that is how you behave. I'm awfully sorry, Miss Scarlet. Miss, I'm awfully sorry, Miss Eli, muttered Jack, scarlet with shame. I didn't mean to kick you. It's not the person that you meant to kick. It's the kicking that matters, said Miss Eli coldly. It doesn't make it any better knowing that you meant to kick Susie, not me. Leave the room, please. Jack went out. He didn't dare to slam the door, though he felt like it. 
He wasn't cross with Susie anymore. He had caught sight of her face as he went out of the room and had seen that she was alarmed and upset. She had meant to tease him, but she hadn't meant him to lose his nice dinner. He kicked his toes against each step as he went upstairs. It was a pity he'd been sent out before the jam tarts were served. He liked those so much. Blow Miss Eli. Now she certainly wouldn't make him a new badge and probably he would be turned out of the society for losing it. Peter had threatened to do that to anyone who turned up more than once without a badge. I seem to remember something falling off me when I was making that last snowman, thought Jack. I think I'll go out and look this afternoon. I'd better go before it snows again or I'll never find it. But Miss Eli caught him as he was going out and stopped him. No, Jack, you are to stay in today after that extraordinary behaviour of yours at the dinner table, she said sternly. You will not go out to play any more today. But I want to go out and find something I lost, Miss Eli, argued Jack, trying to edge out. Did you hear what I said, said Miss Eli, raising her voice, and poor Jack slid indoors again. All right, he would simply go out that night then and look with his torch. Miss Eli would not stop him from doing what he wanted to do. Oh dear. Well, tomorrow is chapter four and we find out what exactly happens to Jack when he sneaks out under the cover of darkness. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> I wonder because something adventurous is going to happen, isn't it? Something mysterious that only the Secret Seven are going to be able to solve. <laughs> anyway, until tomorrow, don't forget you are to. Take care and stay safe. And I'll see you all again tomorrow. Okay? Bye for now.